Have you ever doubted your own self-confidence? Hmm. Being over 50, I'm not sure I can count all the times I have. Going through a divorce, questioning if I chose the right career after already devoting 10 years of my life to it, and then dating as a single mom. I'm not as young, maybe I don't look as pretty. The questions just keep coming. Whether it's self-doubt on our life choices or our surroundings or our appearance, it creeps in. Join us here as we share tips and stories of how to grow your own confidence inside and out with experts who have also experienced the highs and lows of self-confidence. I'm your host, Kelly Buckley, and this is the Beautifully Confident Podcast. Well, hi, I want to welcome Liza back to our Beautifully Confident Podcast. So Liza was part of my launch team. So be sure to check out episode number two to hear more from Liza of just her her quick story. But we're going to dig in a little bit deeper and hear more from Liza today. So Liza Lomax is a life coach who helps folks with emotional eating destroy the stronghold it has had over their lives by walking them through Liza's limitation lifter system. Liza is also a fitness trainer, holistic nutritionist, Reiki master, NLP, and EFT practitioner and speaker. Liza struggled for many years with battles of emotional eating and now is determined to help folks end their battle as well, find their authenticity, and love their reflection. So it's so great to have you back here, and I'm excited to continue our conversation and hear more from you. So let's get started. All right. So Liza, can you tell us about your story, about how you came to developing your confidence to become a life coach, helping folks with emotional eating issues? Yes. So my story starts way back when in my childhood, where most of our stories start from. Um, You know, we go through a lot of conditioning and a lot of brainwashing at a very young age. We take on other people's behaviors and habits and stories, and we take them on as our own. And, you know, I was the oldest of four and my mother suffers from mental illness, whether she chooses to believe it or not. My, my dad is from another country who I only saw limited times growing up and my stepdad was never home. So I took on the role of being the caregiver as most of us do, took on the role of being the caregiver and took care of everybody and made sure that I, you know, was taking care of them and they were fed and off to school and lunches and all that kind of stuff. And I'd come home every single day and my mom would be sitting in the same spot every single day. And having that mode, thinking that I had to be perfect really started a whole plethora of disordered thinking. And I struggled with eating disorders. I struggled with uh, toxic relationships. I struggled with drugs and alcohol. Diet pills was my favorite thing to take at that time. And because I thought I had to be a certain type. And I looked at the models and the people in the magazines and the movies. And I thought I had, I I was supposed to emulate them and they were perfect and fit and, you know, all the things. And which, you know, sent a huge spiral again. And I was mentally, emotionally, physically abused. Um, I was sexually assaulted at one time in my life and I did not love myself. And I really just kept putting myself, I mean, just, I mean, I've literally punched myself. I punched mirrors before because I didn't like what I saw. Struggle with body dysmorphia. And 
by the time I was 26, I weighed about 300 pounds and I went from one extreme to the other. So I went from hundred pounds to 300 pounds. Wow. And the doctor told me that if I didn't lose weight, I was going to die. And so I was like, okay, well, what do I do? Okay. I guess I'll just do this diet over here. I ended up doing Weight Watchers, which is a whole other topic we could talk about. From my entire teens to my twenties, I have done about 250 different diets. That's a lot. Yes. I went, I wrote them all down one time, diet programs, diet pills, diet, whatever it was. And so I'm, I'm doctors tell me I'm going to lose, you know, if I don't lose weight, I'm going to die. So I ended up losing 105 pounds and I did it in about 13 months. And, um, I still, after that, I went back to the same habits, the same stories, the same behaviors that I was telling myself and only just probably a thousand times worse. And about five years later, went down the road and I literally hit a rock bottom. Um, I almost died twice. And I had this, whether you believe in God, higher source, higher power, I had this booming voice in my head saying I had to change or I wasn't going to be here any longer. And so I was like, well, how does one learn how to love themselves? You know, if it's not instilled at a young age or it's not, you know, presented to you. I mean, it's like, you know, how does one learn? We're not given a book on how to love self, you know? (laughs) So if we did, it would be a lot easier. I mean, putting ourselves first, you know? And so I hit that rock bottom. I had, and I was like, okay, well, I got to learn how to love myself. And so I went out and I did the things that you're supposed to do, like therapy and read every self-help book. And people are listening to this, that back then self-help books were not as popular as they were now. You know, people would look at you and be like, oh, what's wrong with that person? And, oh, there's something wrong with them. Or, you know, oh, you're seeing a therapist. Ooh, what's wrong with you? So it was a little bit taboo than it is now because nowadays everybody has a therapist and everybody reads self-help books and it's all about personal development. <laughs> so, Absolutely. But I had this uh, epiphany, another aha moment where I realized that I kept going outside of myself for happiness, for fulfillment, to change something about myself. And I'd been doing that my entire life of going outside of myself because I thought that I was broken and I needed to be fixed. First of all, anybody is listening, you're not broken. <laughs> you don't need to be fixed. <laughs> what needs to change is what's going on in your head. That's what needs to change is that mindset and realizing that. And I realized that, okay, now I need to do the inner work, which is the icky part. You know, the part that we don't want to do, the part that feels like it's too much and it's scary and it, we can't do that. But you're never going to change or evolve or grow as a person if you don't do the inner work. And realized there's got to be other people out there. I got certifications in a multitude of different things, the whole alphabet soup of different things, and knew that that my mission in this world was to help people, you know, reframe those beliefs and those habits and those stories, find their authenticity, find who they put in a box, find who they put on the back burner so many years ago. Because if you identify as a woman, you have been conditioned to be an unpaid caregiver for the rest of your life. That's fact. When you think about it, it's like, oh, ew, I don't want to think about that. But that's true. It's like you've been, you're an unpaid caregiver. And until those things shift, you're going to continue being that way. So just like they say, when, you know, put your oxygen mask on yourself first, helping them put their oxygen mask on themselves first. 
taking care, you know, helping them reframe those beliefs and those habits and those stories and all those things they've been telling themselves and all that emotional trauma that is deeply instilled and deeply ingrained in us at such a very young age and helping work yes. through all that. And because that's what I did. And so my program is based on my own personal, my own personal journey, my own transformational journey. Yes. You had mentioned earlier, you're a little bit about your childhood. And I thought that's so insightful that you brought that up because I think so many people don't even realize that they're conditioned from childhood and that just starts your trend without you even realizing, you know, what's going on. So yeah. Wow. It usually starts between ages eight to 10 is when that usually comes up. And, you know, when you're, when you're told right away that you have to look a certain way or dress a certain way or act a certain way or be a certain way, you know, like say, you know, you like to ride dirt bikes or climb trees or something like that. And your mom says, no, 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 you're supposed to wear pink and wear dresses. You know, it's like, you're not supposed to do that. That's wrong. I mean, so it's like, yeah, this is an example, you know, or a boy wants to play with Barbies. <gasps> you can't play with Barbies. You know, that's, that's a girl thing. You know, I mean, it's, there's so much conditioning that happens that it gets skewed in our little brains. And over time we develop this, I'm not worthy and I'm not good enough story. That's exactly yes. where that happens from. Yeah. So I want to jump to you because I feel like this is sort of just kind of the next step that'll lead us into. So if you're listening and you're identifying with just some of these thoughts and, oh gosh, that's me. So Liza, what are some of the programs that you have to take people to that next step of identifying that's me? Now, what do I do? I've been living like this, but now what? I always offer a free session and you can get that on my website. You can go through my website, lizalomex.com and you can book a free breakthrough session. And where we have a conversation of like where you're at, what's going on? Where do you want to be? Where do you want to get to? And if it sounds like, you know, after the, you know, once we've talked for a while, you know, if we feel like, okay, we feel like we both feel like it's a match, then I'll talk about what working together looks like. So I have basic programs. I mean, I have like the one-on-one VIP where it's like just one-on-one me and you, me and whomever, where we get deep down into some of the core, you know, core things and work one-on-one privately. And then I have group programs, you know, shorter program, still intense, but not that one-on-one. So if like, if it's something that's your, I mean, that's really deep seated and you want to work on it, then, you know, do one-on-one versus the group. If you don't mind doing a group and there's some people that just do group, you know, one person just does a group and the group and the group and whatever groups I'm, I have coming up. So typically do a spring group and then a fall group. And my fall group starts next month. Okay. So is your, so this sort of just brought up a, a thought that I had. Is it, I know I hear a lot of people talk about seasonal depression. Yeah. Is that like a focus is why it's like a fall group? Is that, can you, t- can you talk about that possibly? So the, the reason why it's a fall is because we've got three major holidays that are coming up. Three major holidays that make it more susceptible to binge eating and emotional eating. So we've got Halloween, Thanksgiving, and Christmas. And what happens when we go to family functions and we go to these different places, our stress and anxiety levels escalate. We don't want to be necessarily be around our family. We might have some struggles with food. 
you might be an Italian and you go to these big family dinners and your grandmother's like, eat, 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 you're too skinny, eat, eat, eat. I mean, it's like, or you go to a gathering and your uncle's like, oh, you're on a diet again. What's wrong with you? I mean, it's like, so you have all these things that kind of like are thrown at you and you might already have a struggle with emotional eating. And first of all, emotional eating is just a symptom of something that somebody doesn't want to have a heart to heart, face to face conversation about. And so we turn to okay. the number one unhealthy emotional outlet, which is food to numb or to cope with whatever's going on. So holidays are stressful. Lots of triggers come up. People are triggered by things all the time. There's emotional triggers that keep you stress eating, keep you binge eating, keep you gaining weight. You tend to eat more what I like to call the crap (laughs) because you're hangry, you're short on time, or you want to be social. So crap to me is the carbonated beverages, refined sugars, artificial flavors, processed foods. Crap. Spells crap. Oh my, I love that. (laughs) What a good way to remember all of that. (laughs) Right, 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 right. You have the negative self-talk, you know, that you, you know, you're around your family member, you feel like you're being judged, you feel unworthy. A lot of people get off track because what I call the haters, the haters that judge them for how they choose to take care of themselves, you know, especially during the holidays, you know, making up excuses for not prioritizing yourself, you know, and, and working on your cravings. So I do what's called a craving elimination session where we take your number one junk food item And I walk you through a process that actually remaps it in your brain. So you have a better relationship with that item. And those are some of the things that we'll talk about during our group coaching program and some of the things that we'll work through during that time. That's great. So do you find kind of just thinking of when like people like to go to a gym or be part of a, a club, do you find people then the group programs that you have, do you feel like people depend on each other and know like, I feel a little more accountable because they're part of the group. Yes. Yeah. I mean, there's always the accountability. Um, You know, I mean, there's sometimes where people just, you know, don't mind being in the group, but they still want the, you know, there's still a little bit of a one-on-one support that I give each, each individual person. So yes, you are within a group, but I also do a little bit of one-on-one work with you during that time. And some people like the accountability and some people just like, you know what, I don't mind being in a group and I just want to learn the things and then move on. So there's a little bit, there's a little bit of everybody in those types of groups, but yeah, most people like the accountability of knowing that, Hey, there's other people going through this process through this journey with me. Yes. That's what I would think. But um, I love the, that you have the personalized backup because it is, it's, it is about emotions and I'm sure you get lots of things when you are one-on-one with with people. So I was also curious about, you had put, uh, you had commented about that people need to say three little words every day that are so powerful. (laughs) Can you tell us what those three little words are? Yes, it's my favorite. So I do a talk called Making the Mirror Your Friend, where I give everybody a challenge. I give them a challenge to go to the mirror every single morning and say, I love you. It's so powerful, yet we have such a hard time saying it to ourselves. We can say it to our spouse, to our partner, to our grandmother, to our sisters, to our children, we can to our dog or cat, whomever we can say I love you to. But to actually go to the mirror and say, I love you to ourselves, it feels it'll feel a little weird at first, feel a little awkward if you've never done it. And there's a lot of coaches out there that 
use very similar techniques. I know that um, Mel Robbins does the high five in the mirror. I do the I love you challenge because I'm also a science nerd and there's a scientific thing that happens when you actually start saying I love you to yourself in the mirror. What happens is, so when you are attracted to something or someone, your pupils actually dilate. Okay. It's interesting. So if you make a conscious intention, a decision to go to the mirror every single morning and say, I love you. Now, this is not going to happen overnight. You didn't gain weight overnight. You can't lose it. You can't gain a habit overnight. (laughs) It takes (laughs) continuously, like setting that intention to do this. If you go to the mirror every single morning and say, I love you, and you start to notice your pupils dilate, you are consciously overriding the belief that you don't love yourself. Three little words. I love you. So powerful. That's great. I love that. I think I might start that. (laughs) Now, I always put a disclaimer out there. I put a disclaimer. So don't go up to your partner or your spouse or your kids and look at them in the eyes to see if they're looking at you, to see if they're attracted to you, if their people start to dilate. It's not my fault if that doesn't happen. All right. I will keep that in mind. Yes. So I love that. Those three little words. The other program that I wanted to have you dive in a little bit about is keeping the weight off during the holidays and beyond. So is that just a a totally different thought process? Like from the fall group coaching? Where was your mind around that when you created that one? Yeah, so that's exactly what I was talking about. It's, It's my group fall program is called Evolve Beyond Emotional Eating. And, you know, beyond emotional eating. So it's 12 weeks to keep weight off during the holidays and beyond. So taking them through the holidays, giving them the tools and the techniques that they need to use, you utilize and then go forward. Because what's after Christmas? What's after New Year's? January 1st. What happens on January 1st? Every person goes to the gym or they, I'm going to do my affirmations or I'm going to change myself. I'm going to change my body. I'm going to get fit. I'm going to eat healthier. I'm going to do the things. And then two weeks, two months, six months, eight months go by and something gets triggered. You have some sabotaging behavior that comes into play. Boom, knocks you down. And then you bully yourself. And then you can, then you stay in the cycle until the whole end of the rest of the year. And then January 1st comes around again and you do the same thing all over again. So who knows people in that cycle? I've been guilty of doing that. So taking them beyond, you know, just not the holidays, you know, taking them beyond that and so that they can keep the weight off and maybe even lose some weight during that time. How would you like to lose weight during the holidays? Most people gain two to 10 pounds just during the holiday season. Now that adds up every single year. So how would you like to lose that? Yes. (laughs) How would you like to lose weight instead of gain weight during the holidays? Yeah. And what's coming up, uh, just a quick thought. Vacations do the same thing. So exactly. do you talk about those too? Is yep, that- yep. Talk about vacations, you know, anything, any events, vacations. So I have um, a spring uh, group uh, coaching program that goes with like 
weddings, uh, events, you know, vacations, those kind of things. Cause people, you know, after the winter, they're like, Oh, I got to get out. I got to do the things. I got to go on vacation. I, I want to do, you know, I've got these things coming up. So that one's geared to more of the events and weddings and major things that are going on, you know, vacations, but I still talk a little bit about it in the fall program as well. So I talk a little bit about both things and both of them. Yeah. And it kind of sounds like both of them have the same ideas in them as far Mm -hmm. as identifying your emotions and moving forward with what are they around? Yeah. That's what it sounds like. Yeah. So do you want to, you want to share with our listeners where they can find you before we move on to a couple of maybe harder questions? Ooh, yes. <laughs> uh, so super easy. Uh, my website is lizalomax.com. You can find all the information on there, even uh, how to set up a breakthrough session, free session with me. Also, I'm on every social media platform. So you could pretty much Google my name and a whole bunch of things would come up. So <laughs> you can find me anywhere. I'm everywhere. No hiding. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good, a good theory. No hiding. <laughs> so I just have a couple other questions. Maybe somebody's identifying. I'm starting to hear that. So, and you're on and up. You know, you're definitely, you've figured it all out and you're able to start to pass that on to people. So can you talk about like, is there a point that, you know, do you feel like where would somebody say, what's my first step to start to overcome this? You know, what was your first step kind of looking at like, where was your mind when you were like, I've just, you know, I've had it. I really need to break this cycle. Like, where were you at that point? Well, I mean, I had a couple of moments in my life that that happened, you know, when I was 26 and weighed 300 pounds and the doctor's telling me I'm going to die if I don't lose weight. You know, I had that and I thought I did a relatively healthy way and, but then went back to those habits again. And I've had those moments in my life where I'm like, I'm okay, I'm on, I'm on the straight and narrow, I'm doing the things and then boom, something gets knocked, something gets triggered. And a lot of times we get triggered by things. And, you know, even if we've been doing this work over and over again, like I've worked with coaches who are like, I thought I had this stuff healed. I thought I worked this stuff out, but there's always something to uncover and something to uncover and something to evolve and to change from. And so, you know, if they have that awareness that they're like, something's not right, something needs to shift. I don't want to stay like this for the rest of my life. I don't want to be that. 60, 70, 80 year old still looking at myself in the mirror and hating what I see. So having the, you know, awareness that, you know, the negative self-talk, if they're constantly putting themselves down and they're constantly, you know, even uh, comparing themselves to other people and, you know, or they're a coach and they feel imposter because they can't even work out their own stuff, you know? And there's just a whole kind of plethora of different things that, kind of uh, set people, you know, off the edge to leap into trying to find, you know, what they can do to shift these things. Yeah. So what would you say um, would be somebody's first step to starting to overcome their emotional eating and start to grow their own confidence? What's a what's a first step? Here's where you should start. Well, saying I love you to yourself in the mirror is is a good thing. <laughs> like, you know, just starting somewhere. You know, affirmations are good. 
The thing about affirmations is you have to be in the right mindset to say those things. So if you're having a not so good day and you're like, I totally feel ugly and I'm in this space, I'm in this dark space and you're trying to soothe yourself with saying, oh, I'm pretty, I'm worthy, I'm good enough. Those things aren't going to stick because your mindset is not where it's at. So being in the right mindset, you know, first, so taking the action, you know, like being in the right, having the emotion taking, and then taking the action on that. It's like, okay, well, how can I make myself feel more pretty? Or how can I make myself feel, you know, more accepted or more wanted or valued or appreciated? Just doing little things like that. Waking up and saying three things you're grateful for. You know, what am I grateful for? You know, breathing, breathing, just doing breathing exercises are so important. Getting out in nature and taking walks. And people probably ask, are probably wondering, well, what does this have to do with emotional eating? It has everything to do with emotional eating because, like I said, emotional eating is just a symptom of something that somebody is avoiding. And there's stuff underneath the surface that needs to be uncovered, that needs to be healed. So doing these little things will help, you know, bring those things to the surface so that you're able to, one, have that awareness, and two, you know it needs to change, and three, you take action on it. That's great. So do you have a gratitude journal that you keep every day? Um, I used to in the beginning. I did. I had journals upon journals upon journals. And now I just, you know, I just say things to myself. It's automatic, you know, automatically in my head. I wake up and I do. um, I don't know if you're familiar with Abraham Hicks and or if your listeners are familiar with Abraham Hicks, but uh, they do. a Esther Hicks is a channeler. So she channels uh, information from beyond, from higher source, whatever you choose to believe. And they do a technique. It's really hard to stay on top of because sometimes I forget because we're only human. We're spiritual beings having a human experience. (laughs) Sometimes we mess up. (laughs) Absolutely. But like the second you wake up, if you can think of those gratitudes and think of what you're grateful for and think of like what's what you're really thankful for in your life, And you stay, you can stay on that vibrational level of gratitude and thankfulness. And anytime it starts to deviate, you just start saying those things again and start thinking about those things again, over and over and over again. And it takes patience with yourself. It takes time to keep doing it and doing it. But if you can stay in a level of of gratitude and thankfulness, you're more likely to stay that way the rest of the day. Because it's like, what happens if you wake up and you're like, oh, this day again, I feel crappy. I feel, I don't want to get up. I want to just crawl back into bed, you know, crawl under a rock. How do you think your day is going to go, you know, versus waking up and being like, oh my gosh, I'm so grateful I woke up this morning because there were so many other people that did not, you know, I'm so grateful that I get to take a shower or I'm so grateful that I can get out of bed. I'm so grateful for the legs that are that I have they're able to walk me to the kitchen to have breakfast you know I mean little things if you can stay in that you're more likely to stay that way the rest of the day that's great that's a great tip thank you I appreciate that and yes and I appreciate the Abraham Hicks reference I know that I have 
heard of him, um, but I'm going to have to look that up. So, and if anybody is listening and you're thinking, yeah, how do I get started with, you know, gratefulness? There's a, a great place to yes. start. Yeah. They, they talk about being in the vortex. So being in the vortex of the, um, the gratitude and the thankfulness and knowing that the universe has your back and that anything you put out, the universe brings back to you, but being, you know, they talk about being in the vortex. And so often it's harder, hard for us to be in that because we want it right now. We want right now, 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 now. And that's not the way it works. Yes. And I, I loved your reference of, well, you didn't gain the weight overnight. Things don't happen overnight. It does take time. So yes, I appreciate that. <laughs> Anything else that you want to add? You know, I mean, just we're given these bodies and we have them for a limited time. And we don't know how long we're going to be in them. You know, you can call it a meat suit. You can call it whatever you want to call it. I mean, that's what some people call, you know, but we don't know how long we're going to have in them. And in order for us to stay in them longer, we have to do the things necessary, like be grateful for ourselves, be loving to ourselves. You know, this body is organic. It's fading. It's going away every second of every day. You know, it's slowly going away. And we want to, you know, a lot of us want to stay in it longer. So giving yourself the love and the respect and appreciation and loving the body that you're in, you can stay in it longer. You know, I really feel that you can stay in it longer because we create so much dis-ease in our bodies and that eventually turns into disease. If you can give yourself grace and ease and love and thankfulness and happiness and love and appreciation, you might be able to stay in your body a little bit longer. I love that. Thank you. That's a, a great closing comment. Thank you so much. Thank you for being here today with Liza and I. And be sure to check out the show notes for the links that Liza shared so you can find her to help with your overcoming emotional eating. And take the tips that she shared today and you learned from Liza and start creating the life that you love today. Don't wait another day. And we are happy to have you here and happy for you to be listening. So you just listened to Kelly Buckley and Liza Lomax with the Beautifully Confident Podcast. Thank you so much. And thank you for being here. Thank you for having me. Thank you so much for joining us today on the Beautifully Confident Podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe to the podcast and leave a rating and review and share this with your friends. For more information about me and how I can support you in your beauty and confidence journey, visit my website at beautifullyconfidentpodcast.com.